Are you doing well? All doing good? Excellent. Can you hear me? Coming through, is it? Excellent. Praise God. <clears throat> just want to say that uh, at the end of this uh, message that I've got, just want to uh, let everyone know that we've got a special announcement uh, that we're uh, letting everybody know. Um, something that's really exciting that's happening this month. So just want to encourage you uh, with a, uh, a bit of a teaser, uh, a bit of a curiosity, just to put some bait out there and get you to lean in a little bit. So it'd be great. So uh, I'm going to pray for the word and then we will uh, launch and see where God takes us uh, this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence. It is so good to be in your presence. Oh, Lord, I thank you that by your spirit you're here. You're feeding people, you're filling people, you're touching people's lives in, in a powerful way. And Lord, I thank you that right now that this word that I speak would bring about a change in people's lives. It would transform them from the inside out. Lord, I thank you for the ability for us all to listen to you, to hear you, to feel you, to sense you, to know that you're working in our lives. And I thank you that there will be eternal fruit as a result of your word this morning because where your, your word is, there is life. Where your spirit is, there is life. Where you're moving and, and doing things, Lord God, there is life. I thank you. You're the God of life. You're the God of more than enough. And I thank you that this morning that we can lean into you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said... Amen. So uh, I'm going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 7 verses 1 to 9 this morning out of the New Living Translation and this is what it says. When Ahaz, son of Jotham and grandson of Uzziah was king of Judah, king Rezin of Syria and Pekah, son of Remaliah, the king of Israel set out to attack Jerusalem. However, they were unable to carry out their plan. The news had come to the royal court of Judah. Syria is allied with Israel against us. So the hearts of the king and his people trembled with fear like trees shaking in a storm. Anyone ever been like that? Like you've just been so frightened, you've just been, you found yourself shaking. I've been in that situation. It's, it's not nice. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Take your son Shear Jashub and go out to meet King Ahaz. You'll find him at the end of the aqueduct that feeds water into the upper pool near the road leading to the field where cloth is washed. Tell him to stop worrying. That's a good word right there, isn't it? Stop worrying, you lot. <laughs> Tell him he doesn't need to fear the fierce anger of those two burned out embers, King Rezin of Syria and Pekah, the son of Remaliah. Yes, the kings of Syria and Israel are plotting against him, saying, we will attack Judah and capture it for ourselves. Then we will install the son of Tabil as Judah's king. But this is what the sovereign Lord, this is what the sovereign Lord says. This is what the sovereign Lord says in this piece here. This is really important. He says, the sovereign Lord says, this invasion will never happen. It will never take place. For Syria is no stronger than its capital, Damascus, and Damascus is no stronger than its king, Rezin. As for Israel, within 65 years, it will be crushed and completely destroyed. Israel is no stronger than its capital, Samaria, and Samaria is no stronger than its king, Pekah, son of Remaliah. Listen to this. This is what the Lord has also said in this passage. He says, unless your faith is firm, I, meaning the sovereign Lord, cannot make you stand firm. 
think about that for a minute. Let's just pause here for a minute. That the sovereign Lord has said, unless your faith is firm, even I cannot make you stand firm. This is just an amazing passage. really is. Have you ever like, had uh, moments where you've had to, to make a stand? You've made a stand for your values. You've made a stand maybe for a principle. Uh, have you ever been, uh, had to be strong and courageous in your life, in a situation? I think most of us have had to at some point in our lives. We've, we've had to, to be strong for, for ourselves or strong for our family. We've had to be there for the people around about us. We've had to make a stand for a value or a, uh, something that's happening in our world, uh, uh, something for uh, whatever is, is going on. To stand firm, though, is not... It's not always about a physical stance. It can be, but it's, it's more about the internal fortitude. It's about the resilience of our spirit to actually withstand something that we are facing in our lives. To stand firm is an attitude of our spirit. It's of our nature. It's a determination that we have about standing firm. Standing firm is, is uh, uh, it's about standing our ground. It's persevering. It's digging our heels in. You, you ever had a, a, a child dig their heels in? I, I was quite often that child. It was, some, it was a gift of mine. Uh, my, my parents loved me for it. Well, I don't think they did, but hey, it was, it was good. But the, the whole thing of this, this, this passage here is this, this phrase in verse 9 of Isaiah 7, where he says, the sovereign Lord says, unless your faith is firm, unless your faith is firm, I can't make you stand firm. It really struck me, this verse. The sovereign Lord is saying this. How does this happen then? Why can't the Lord make us stand firm? The truth is he could. He is sovereign. But he won't override our free will. He won't override our ability to do something that we should be doing. The Lord won't override our free choice because standing firm requires faith to do it. We can stand firm for many reasons. We can stand firm for our marriages. We have to stand firm in this day and this age for marriage between a man and a woman. We have to stand firm for our kids quite often, to stand firm in prayer for them, to stand firm believing in them, encouraging them in this season. We can stand firm for our church and our church family. This is my church. I'm going to stand firm for it. I'm going to be there for it. And I'm preaching to the converted here today because all of you are here. There are still people asleep today. Look, no, they're not. We can stand firm to get our own way. That's often called stubbornness. Maybe you have a child. I was that child. Stand firm can apply to individuals and it can stand for groups. Groups sometimes need to stand firm, just as much as individuals need to stand firm. To communities, to churches need to stand firm. The greatest testimony I believe the person can have is that even though they're going through an incredibly difficult season, even though they're going through the, something where it feels like the gates of hell have been unleashed in front of them, their testimony is simply this, I'm still standing. Yeah. 
I am still standing. I think that's one of the greatest testimonies that we can have as believers. I'm still standing. I'm still believing. I'm still trusting. I still believe God's got a plan for my life. I still believe that He is for me and not against me. I'm still standing. I'm still standing. Never more than ever is there a need for God's people to stand firm. Our values as a people are being eroded. Our way of living out our faith is under threat as we go forward in life. So we must stand firm. So how do we do that? How do we stand firm? Glad you've asked. So there's a number of things here that I want just to walk through first of all. Number one, we need to stand firm. If we're going to stand, like be firm in our faith, then we've got to stand firm in faith. We've got to stand firm in faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, out of the Amplified Bible, says this, For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favour, that you are saved. In other words, delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation. Through your faith. It's through your faith. And this salvation, it says, is not of yourselves, of your own doing, It cannot come through your own striving. It is the gift of God. You see, faith accesses everything that God has. Everything that God has is accessed through faith. So the faith, this passage is saying, is ours, but the grace is God's. The the, the salvation is God's. The sacrifice was Jesus's. The power is the Holy Spirit's. The healing is God's. The breakthrough is God's. The provision is God's. The anointing is the Holy Spirit's. The forgiveness is God's. The gifts are the Holy Spirit's. And even the battle is the Lord's. But the faith has to be ours. The battle is the Lord's. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20, we read, Earlier the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. What's he saying? He's saying, have faith in the Lord your God and you'll be able to stand firm. And we, if you've read this passage of, of Scripture in the Old Testament in Chronicles, you discover that they were actually out to face an incredibly large army. But all they had to do was to go out worshipping and stand before the enemy and God won the battle. They didn't have to lift a sword in that moment because God had got them covered. They stood firm, believing and having faith in God and God fought, fought, fought the battle for them. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 says, Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous and strong. 2 Corinthians 1.24 says, but, uh, but that does not mean we want to dominate you by telling you how to put your faith into practice. We want to work together with you so you will be full of joy. For it is by your own faith that you stand firm. Are you starting to get the picture? We are being called to stand firm in faith. In faith. Faith pleases God. Faith accesses the keys to open prison doors. Faith calls those things that aren't as though they are. 
That's what Abraham did. Even though he was dead in his body, he believed God in the fulfiller of promises and the giver of promises that he could stand in the promise of God that, who said to him, you're going to be a father of many. You're going to be the father of, of nations and stuff. Why? He just believed God, had faith in God. Unless our faith is firm, God can't make us stand firm. The closer we get to Jesus or the Word, the more our faith grows. Start to read the Bible. Start to read the Gospels and the book of Acts. Stir your faith this morning. Put yourself, what would it have been like to sit, stand or sit on the side of the road as Jesus went past healing people, touching people, hearing the name Jesus, 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 being cried out in the streets there? What would it have been like in those moments? The closer we get to people of faith, the more our faith will grow. Have you ever found that? You're like, yeah, you stand around a person who's got an incredible faith and man, it just rubs off. It's contagious. You know, you, you just feel like, well, that's amazing. I, I, I'm starting to feel something stirring in my spirit about, you know, what we can do and the, the circumstance that I'm facing or the situation that's before me. Faith is contagious. It rubs off on others. There's a guy called Shemar. He hung around King David and other men of great faith in the Bible. And it rubbed off on him. In 2 Samuel 23, verses 11 to 12, it says, next in rank. So this is talking about the, the mighty men of David. It says, next in rank was Shema, the son of Agi from Harah. Harah, Harah. <coughs> Sorry. Just... One time the Philistines gathered at Lehi and attacked the Israelites in a field full of lentils. Man, they could have had them if it was up to me. Uh, lentils, really? Seriously? Cheeseburgers, maybe. I'd put up a fight for a cheeseburger. But lentils? You know, there's something. I, I, I did a quick bit of research about this, this whole field of lentils. It was red lentils. The field would have been red. Red lentils. Maybe we make a stand for the blood of Jesus. We need to stand, make a stand, stand firm in the blood of Jesus. Just a suggestion. I'm not saying that's exactly what it was, but I'm just saying. The Israelite army fled. All of Shema's mates, all the army have gone, left him standing there. But Shema held his ground. This was his ground. This is his ground. Hanging around King David, the giant killer. Hanging around the other great men of, of God that were there. David's mighty men. Seeing their exploits, seeing what they did, see how they fought battles. Their tenacity, their resilience against the enemy. Rubbed off on Shema. He says he stood his ground in the middle of the field and he beat back the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. It was Shema who stood his ground, but it was the Lord who won a great victory. It takes faith to stand firm. Without faith, we won't stand firm. 
God encourages us to stand firm in faith because there's so much he has for us and it's accessed by standing firm in faith. And when we're standing firm in faith, we're finding it so much easier to, number two, stand firm in Christ. We need to stand firm in Christ, in all that He's done already for us. To stand in Him, to stand in Him is to stand in His victory. It's to stand in Him. Paul uses the words in Christ or in Him over 100 times in the New Testament. As an example, let's have a look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses, verses 1 to 14. You guys okay this morning? You're very quiet. Okay. <clears throat> Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. Now, I'm going to get used to say some stuff, so you're ready for this. Okay. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace. So grace, he's given us grace, which he freely given us in the one he loves. In him, everyone say, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Are you starting to see that what's been made available to us because of us being in Christ? We stand firm in Christ in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding and He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He purposed in Christ to put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on our earth together under one head, even Christ. In Him, say that, in Him, we were chosen. You've been chosen. You're not like the runt in a, 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 of all your, your mates at, at, at football, like at, at school where, you know, you used to have, uh, want to play a game of football or, or soccer or something like that. And it usually the, the smallest, weakest uh, person that nobody ever liked was always the last person to, to be taken. And it usually say, oh no, you can have him as a it. I tell you right now, God chose you. God chose you. He did, he's not saying to you, that, oh no, you can have that. You're not going to be over to the other side. God chose you. He sees you, He knows you, He values you, he, he loves you, He cares about you. He's done so much for you and He chose you to be in Him. Having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of His glory. And you also were included in Christ. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed, you were marked in Him 
with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. Do you understand? This is just one passage where it's just mentioned 10 times about being in Christ or some form of it, in Him. It's, it's powerful. It seems like there's so much that rests on being in Christ. But what does it mean to be in Christ? When we are in Christ, all that is true of Him changes what is true for us. Oh, saints, believers, it's, it's, it's amazing to realize that all that Christ has done for us, all the 10 things listed in Ephesians chapter 1 are true of us when, us when we are in Christ. We are blessed. We are chosen. We are redeemed. We are graced. We are included. We are marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit upon us. And there's so much more. That's just one passage. But Paul uses this phrase over 100 times in the New Testament. This is important for all believers. We must stand firm in Christ. He is the victory from which we stand and fight the battles. It says in Philippians 4.1, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand. Stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. Stand firm. Don't give up the ground that Christ has won for us at Calvary. Don't give up that ground. Don't dilute it. Don't weaken it. All that Christ has done for us, stand firm in Christ. I'm a born-again believer sanctified by the blood of Jesus. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm standing in Christ. I have the Spirit of God resting within me. I have the power of God and the anointing of this Holy Spirit upon my life. I stand in Christ as a new believer, born again, a new creation. I have the Spirit of Christ within me. That's what it is to stand firm in Christ. When we stand firm in Christ, it empowers us to do this next one, to stand firm against the enemy. Stand firm. We stand, in faith, stand firm in faith. We stand firm in Christ. And then we come to this. We stand firm against the enemy. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Put on all of God's armour so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. The enemy has strategies to try and stop us from following Jesus, to stop us from believing the promises of God, to stop our pursuit of God and the power and the anointing of His Holy Spirit. It says in verse 12 of this passage in Ephesians chapter 6, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. The closer we are to Jesus, the quicker we will recognise the work of the enemy around about us. Stand firm against the enemy. Now I've said this before and I firmly believe this with all of my heart, that we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but we should be fighting for flesh and blood. 
And what am I saying about that? I'm saying we should be fighting for our friends. We should be fighting for our families. We should be fighting for the people that are you know, uh, uh, out there in the world. We should be fighting for them. We're fighting for those enemies as well, those who hate us and despise us. We need to be fighting for them as well. Because that's what Jesus said, love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you or betray you or stab you in the back. How are they going to know that Jesus is real? By the way that you respond to injustice, by the way that you respond to attacks. By praying for them, by believing for them. I've had to do this in my own life. This is not something I'm saying out of just a, a theological understanding of this passage. But sometimes you've got to fight for your enemies. You've got to fight for those things. I, I remember as a police officer on an afternoon shift one time, we got a call to go to this home where someone had broken in, had sexually assaulted this lady and then tried to, to uh, harm her by, uh, okay, he's tried to, to cut her throat. I don't mean to be like out there for, uh, just tried to harm her really badly. And he's like, the husband has, has come home and this guy's bolted out the door. He's just got his, his top on and his jocks. That's it. So we've, we've then started up a search of this, this whole area. And I was drawn to this church. I was drawn to this church. I went down the side driveway of this church. And there's an outdoor toilet block at the back right-hand side of this property. I walk into this, this toilet block. And there was some cubicles along the way. And... Uh, I go in, I look in the first one, the second one, and there's a third one. I thought, oh, no. I was about to turn around and walk out. I thought, no, you've got to check the third one. I just felt I really needed to check the third one. Guess who's there? It's the guy that's fled out of this house. So I've got under my radio. I've got him. He's cuffed. I've got him. It's okay. And I start to lead him down the, the driveway of this, this, by the side of this church. And all of a sudden, probably a group of about a half a dozen family members of the lady who'd been assaulted ran towards us. And this is what we've got to start to do. We fight against the evil rulers and powers of the air, but we fight for flesh and blood. Sometimes we need to stand in front of the people and protect them. That's what I had to do with this man. I had to hold off the family members and protect someone. We've, sometimes there's, there's people in our life you know, there's, there was an evil thing that was happening inside the man. He was subject to the enemy's influences and powers. But I stood in front of him and held off the family members. That's what we've got to do. We've got to intercede for the people that just don't know any better, who are operating under a different spirit than we are. How we show them the love of Christ is by displaying a different spirit. That's what Caleb and, and Joshua did. They were people of a different spirit. And they took the land. And I believe that if we display ourselves to be a people of a different spirit, we can take this land. I believe that we can take the Adelaide Hills. I believe that we can take this whole, this whole state. This nation can truly be known as this great south land of the Holy Spirit. I've had to fight. I, I, I don't know if some people may know that or not, but I was raped as a 15-year-old by a person that secured, like, used to get procure young men for uh, the family. You ever heard of the family murders? Well, it's him, one of the guys that actually raped me. I've had to be on my knees praying for that man because I'm not going to be like held captive to a moment. He got one night of my life 
He's not getting the rest of my life. I pray on my knees saying, God, just reveal your love, reveal your grace, reveal your goodness to him. Lord, show him your way. Lord, would you, you fight sometimes on your knees. You don't have to fight face to face and, and flesh to flesh. It'll be challenged too. It'll be challenged. Just how much do you really intercede and believe for someone who's hurt you and, and wounded you? <clears throat> We've got to stand firm against the enemy. See, the reason the armor of God empowers us to stand firm against the enemy is that the armor of God reminds us of who we are in Christ. It's, it reminds us of all that Christ has done. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, truth of the gospel on our feet. The power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, praise and worship are some of the greatest weapons that we have to stand to fight against the enemy, to stand firm against the enemy. Sometimes we just need to do what the Bible says. James 4, 7 says, surrender to God, resist the devil, and he will run from you. Submit to God, surrender to God. Surrender to the Lord. It's, it's in surrender to Him that He raises us up to stand with Him, to stand and firm against the enemy. Greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. We are alive in Christ and we are victorious through Christ. Not only do we stand firm in faith, do we stand firm in Christ, do we stand against the enemy, but we also stand firm in one spirit. We stand firm in one spirit. Philippians 1.27, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit. For with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. This is a call to stand firm in one faith, in one spirit, sorry, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. If we're you know, serious about taking our state and our nation for Jesus, then you know, we, we've got to go uh, uh, and stand firm in one spirit. It's as we join with LifePoint Church and become um, Revival City Church that we must stand firm in one spirit. This is something that God's calling us to do. We stand in unity. We stand together. We're, we're, we're for this. We're not going to fight against this. This is God. Can I tell you something? Even in joining with, with, with LifePoint or, or Revival City Church, can I, can I, we're still worshipping the same God. We're still worshipping the same God. Jane and I will still be here. This is just one God. It's just a name change. Hello. <laughs> United we stand, divided we fall. Jesus himself said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. See, when brothers dwell together in unity, the Lord commands a blessing. And I'm so glad that the overwhelming majority of people here are absolutely for us as we join together with LifePoint. And if you've got some concerns, come and talk to me. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. Just to talk through stuff, to put your mind at rest, to, to help you to process anything that's there. I'm, I'm up for that. That's fine. And I won't think of anything the less of you if you do. We're here to, to love and to cherish and to strengthen and to support you. 
I believe with every fiber of my being that what we're doing is God's given us a word and we're responding to that word. We're standing firm on that word. And we're doing all we can to outwork that word with LifePoint Church. The Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost came after the believers had gathered together in one accord. Steadfastly prayed together. That word accord means unity, agreement, harmony. They stood firm in one spirit and they saw the Holy Spirit outpouring. Over 3,000 people were saved. What could happen with us? Lastly, we stand firm for Christ. We stand firm in faith. We stand firm in Christ. We stand firm against the enemy. We stand firm in one spirit. And lastly, we stand firm for Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 to 22. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us. And he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything that he has promised us. God enables and empowers us to stand firm for Christ through the Holy Spirit. We can stand firm for Christ because we've been identified as Christ's own because of his Holy Spirit that's within us. We can stand firm for Christ as his ambassadors, given the ministry of reconciliation, which means bringing people back to God, helping them to to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that there is the forgiveness of sin that is freely available to people who simply place their faith in what Christ has done and yield their lives, surrender their lives to him and his lordship. We're going to make a stand for Christ Someone made a stand for us. Now it's our turn to make a stand for them, to stand in the gap for them. As Isaiah said, you know, uh, the the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And and I said, Isaiah says, here am I, send me. This is our moment to stand in that gap. Say, here am I, Lord, I'm going to my community. I'm going to go to my family. I'm going to go to my friends. I'm going to tell them about Jesus. We are the sent ones. Okay? We are the sent ones. We've been commissioned. John 20, verse 21, Jesus says, As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. We've been sent. This is a commission. We're under royal orders, kingly orders, sovereign orders. We go and we stand for Christ in the power and the anointing of his Holy Spirit. So as I wrap this up this morning, stand firm in faith, saints. Stand firm in Christ. Stand firm against the enemy. And remember, we're not fighting against, uh, sorry, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting for flesh and blood. Okay? We stand firm in one spirit. We stand firm for Christ. Stand firm, saints, this morning. My encouragement to us all is to stand firm. Now, I've got some things I need to pray for for people here so if I could just have everyone stand. Just before uh, I, I just ask uh, for you to respond, maybe if you want to, uh, for prayer. Just want to make a special announcement. <clears throat> that on Sunday, the 23rd of October, we will be rebranding to become Revival City Church, which is LifePoint. So LifePoint Church is becoming Revival City Church. 
and we too will become Revival City Church. It's a great time. It's something that's exciting for us. We're looking forward to it. There's still some things that need to happen governance-wise and stuff that's still under, like uh, behind the scenes. That's all coming together and, and things of that nature. And on the 23rd, Sunday, the 23rd of October, we become Revival City Church. Tail and Bend becomes Revival City Church. Modbury North becomes Revival City Church. It's an exciting time. It's a new thing that God is doing with us. It's, it's what He's got in order for us and in, in, in our future as we step out what God is asking us to do as a church. That excites me. It's, it's something that I really am looking forward to. It's prophetically saying something of us as a church. We are about seeing souls saved. We are about seeing a revival of biblical proportions coming to our region. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to change lives. We believe in the power of God to heal bodies, to restore marriages, to do whatever it is that God can do. We believe in that. It's at the core of our being that we believe what God says in His Word can happen. We stand upon His promises. We stand firm in Christ. Amen? This morning as I was just waiting on God, felt that there was four areas I needed to pray for this morning. First and foremost was that there are people who do not know what you have available to you in Christ. All that Christ has been made available for you. So I want to pray for a revelation of who you are in Christ. Because as I pray for you in that way, I believe that the Spirit of God is going to start to just touch your mind, touch your spirit about all that He has made available, who you are in Christ. Second thing I want to pray for, this must be God because they all start with R. So a revelation of who you are in Christ. Secondly, for resilience. People who are on the verge of giving up and quitting, walking away. Not just maybe on your faith or maybe even on your church. But I felt like that there were people who were stood and I felt this. Like on the precipice of a cliff and the thoughts going through your mind was, done not just like with mundane stuff but I'm done with life and you and it's not that you've ever stood at the the edge of a cliff but the thought processes of about ending it you've entertained those thoughts and I believe that the spirit of God wants to give you a spirit of resilience spirit of stand firm to stand firm in Him. Not to be subject or listening any longer to what the enemy would say to you. But to listen to what the Spirit of God would say to you. Because the legacy of your life is not the brokenness that is left behind as the result of a suicide. 
where there's brokenness, there's heartache, there's anguish. Why? Why? The, the family of the pain may end in that moment for you, but it does not end for the families. And I, I know that I'm stepping on really tender ground here. But I believe that the Spirit of God would want the legacy of your life is this. That you have a testimony. Not that you've come this point to this point to get this testimony, but this will be the testimony of your life. That I was so close to ending it all. But in a moment, in the moment, the Spirit of God whispered to my life, gave me resilience, gave me the capacity to continue, gave me the ability to trust in Him, gave me the ability to stand on His Word, gave me the ability to know that there was more to life than in that season that I was going through. There is something that God wants to put into your spirit about resilience, about going the distance. I love what the men's ministry down at LifePoint, one of the, 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 uh, the ministries that they have is called Fight Club. It's a men's ministry, Fight Club. And Johan, one of the guys down there, he's got a T-shirt. And also Pastor Steve Penny's got a T-shirt as well. It's got like boxing gloves there. It's called Fight Club. And he gets people coming up to him and says, oh, what's Fight Club about? And he, and he simply says, well, I'm glad you've asked because I'm actually fighting for your life. I'm fighting for your life. And they say, what do you mean? I'm believing that God's going to save your life. He's going to reveal the gospel to you. He's going to reveal His love to you. This fight club. Men of God, we've got to fight for the families. We've got to fight for our communities. Third thing we need to pray for is revival in us. Revival in us. It's where it starts. It's got to start in us. Revival in us. And the fourth thing is for a release, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our communities through us. Because when we've been revived, we can bring revival to others. You know, you've been lit up, now go and light up. You've been transformed to bring transformation. You've been revived to bring revival. Amen? So revelation of who you are in Christ, resilience, people on the verge of giving up or under an attack. It may not be that you're at the point of just you know, like ending it all, but you're under an attack. You just want someone to say, I need to pray for resilience in my circumstance. Resilience is available by the Spirit of God. For revival in us. And then to release the outpouring of the Holy Spirit through us. If there's any area in your life, I'd love to pray for you. But I want to give people right now an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus died for you. He went to the cross at Calvary, paid the price of your sin, my sin. And when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that we shall be saved. What does that mean? It means we're born again. We give Him the control of our lives. We surrender our lives to Him. And that takes a conscious act of our will. It's by confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in our heart that Christ died for us, that we shall be saved. So this morning, I want to give people an opportunity in this moment that you would say yes to Jesus. 
if you've never done it before, but this morning you just feel like there's this, this compulsion to give your life to Jesus, then I want you to put your hand up nice and tall so I simply know who I'm praying for. I will not embarrass you. I won't call you out the front, but I would love to know who I'm praying for this morning. So if you are that person, or there's people here, then I'd love for you to put your hand up and give your life to Jesus. Is anybody here this morning that would like to give your heart to Jesus? Anyone at all? I'd love to just put your hand up nice and tall so that I can see it. No one? Father, I thank you for your presence this morning. Thank you for your presence this morning. Thank you for your presence this morning. I pray for revelation of who you are to be released right now. I pray for resilience for people. I pray for revival and I pray for release of the anointing of the Spirit of God through us today. In Jesus' name. People would like prayer this morning. I'd love for you to come out the front. I'd love to pray for you. Lay hands. I believe there's a laying on of hands and God can move powerfully as we lay hands on people. We would invite Pastor Keith and Wendy to join us in doing that as well. So if there's anybody here who would like some prayer this morning, please come. I'd love to pray for you.